it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome back to Across the Pond Sports Podcast. Great to have you for our week nine review. I've got Katie coming up in just a second. Um, you can catch me on another podcast podcast called Culture Nerds. Um, I did a, a guest appearance on there over the weekend. Uh, that got released today, so if you want to hear that, please um, download it uh, from wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, in terms of social media, get us on Twitter at ATP Sports Pod and on Facebook and on Instagram, just search Across the Pond Sports Pod. Um, you'll find us there. Join the groups um, on Instagram, follow us. We've always um, putting stories out on there. Um, other than that, we have a, a real big bumper weekend of, of games to get through. Um, so let's get on with Katie now. Okay, so we're back for week nine of the NFL. Um, we're reviewing week nine. It was a, a big, big week. Um, a lot of strange results, a lot of big games, big plays, and big misses from the referees as well. And they didn't have a, a great time. Um, Katie, what did you think about the weekend? There was a lot of games that I was really surprised at how they ended up. Um, I mean, We'll get into it in today's episode, but there's a lot of games that I was really excited about, and they turned out to be giant stinkers. And then there were other games where I was like, meh, I can miss that game. And it was like edge of your seat action. Yeah, it does seem to be like that. Um, For a lot, I think when we go through our picks that we picked last week, that will be pretty evident as well Um, as to to the teams that we thought were going to take the gold um, and and just didn't come through. but we'll get to that in just a moment. Um, so, Katie, I kind of cheated on you this weekend. I was on another podcast. Um, I was on Culture Nerds. How dare you? How dare I know. you? <laughs> I know. Um, it was a fun podcast. Um, I urge everyone to, to have a listen. Um, it wasn't just about sports. So it was all about kind of Scottish culture versus American culture, um, things that we do differently over here, um, and things like why I got into sports. Yeah. How, how did you get into American, American sports? I'm curious to know. Uh, so way back when I've um, got friends and family in Utah. Uh, and when I was a young boy, um, I was a little bit four or five, whichever. Um, uh, I come over to the States and play out in the backyard with uh, friends and family playing basketball, not having a clue what basketball actually was. Um, so that was like the eighties. The um, Fast forward to 1992, um, you've got the Barcelona Olympic Games and they had a little team from America called the Dream Team. Um, so you had Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Carl Malone, John Stockton. And uh, over in the UK, basketball wasn't that big. Um, but um, in between the closing ceremony and the um, kind of last event, the only thing that they could show was basketball. 
Um, so the, the broadcast over here showed the gold medal game between the USA and I, I think from memory, Lithuania. Uh, didn't really matter who it was, let's be honest. Um, and, I've, you know, I, I'd seen people dunking it and I'd seen, I'd never actually seen a, a game before. I'd played it in backyards and whatever else, but I'd never actually seen a game, seen how fast it was, seen how physical it was and, and actually how technical it could be as well. Um, so it all kind of stemmed from there. Then I started because I obviously had friends in Utah. So the Jazz had a their only professional sports team in Utah. So I started following the Utah Jazz. They had a scrawny little white guy who sort of looked like me, maybe not as good looking, um, John Stockton, um, who turned out to be a Hall of Fame player. Um, the Jazz went to the finals two years in a row against Michael Jordan's Bulls. Uh, which was heartbreaking. Kind of wish he'd stayed in retirement and played <laughs> baseball. <laughs> um, um, and and the, I mean, they recently did a documentary about the the last season, um, and Michael Jordan played the Jazz in his last season, and uh, called the Last Dance um, and, and on Netflix. And as much as like I really didn't want to watch it because I knew the outcome, <laughs> and the outcome wasn't good for me. Um, it actually was. <laughs> such a, an interesting um a document series that they did um on netflix so yeah uh, and kind of american football then kind of followed on from that um and then in more recent in years uh, it's been baseball um as well so i'm a, a three three sport guy um <laughs> of american sports that's awesome yeah and um being a jazz fan it's it's interesting too because they have such a strong fan base in Utah, because like you said, it is their, it is their only team, but man, those jazz fans, um, back when I was working at the television station, uh, we, we broadcast the Colorado Rockies games, uh, in the summer. And then in the winter, we were the television station for the Utah jazz. So, um, you know, I'm familiar with some of the more recent guys, uh, you know, Gordon Hayward and Trey Burke and, and, and those jazz players, but, um, the, the jazz fans are, are really, really into their, their jazz basketball. I think a lot of players, um, they, they kind of go into Utah saying, oh, this is the most intense crowd. And even if you go back to the 90s, the, the Jordan era, Jordan didn't like going to Utah because he knew he was going to get a hard time from the fans. Uh, obviously, in recent years, it's been the same for LeBron. LeBron didn't win in Utah for about three or four years. Um, he, he had a, a bit of a drought in Utah. So um, it's a tough place to play. Um, and, and that is down to the fans. The fans are rabid and they they love their team. Um, obviously, now they have a soccer team and, and stuff like that. But, you know, I think yeah. basketball is at the heart of the community um, and, and certainly the the ownership. I mean, the ownership's just changed. Gail Miller sold the Jazz um, or the majority share um, for a billion six um just, <laughs> about that you know yeah it was about <laughs> that um and and you know she she sold it to another utah guy because i think the the worry was always going to be that if the jazz were ever sold they'd be moved because it is a, a small market team and not mm-hmm. like a lakers or a knicks um so it, it's yeah the jazz have always been at the kind of forefront um and they were why i played basketball and in, in high school and stuff as well so Oh, that's really interesting to know. I, yeah, I, I always kind of wondered why why you uh, were so into American sports, but now I'm going to have to listen to that podcast to get to lo- know a little bit more about you and and yes. all your the Scottish the Scottish differences between Scotland and America. <laughs> yes, um, we went through everything from politics to um, holidays to sports. Um, so yeah, we, we, we covered a lot of bases on uh, culture nerds. So if anyone wants to have a listen, um, I will post the link. I think I already have on social media. Um, so just click on the link and, and have a listen. Um, it'll certainly, um, it's a good podcast actually. Um, it, was, it was kind of strange not being a host and, and being just the guest. That was kind of strange because I was like ready to prepare and I had nothing to prepare for. So no, it was, uh, <laughs> it was quite fun. Uh, what we will get on to this week's news and this week's games, uh, just some news breaking today is that Ben Roethlisberger, as well as having a knee injury after the Cowboys game this weekend, uh, he is also in COVID-19 uh, reserve list. 
Now, Katie, quick question for you. Um, this COVID-19 reserve list, I have some dubious reckonings with this as teams are potentially taking advantage of COVID-19 reserve list, such as quarterback goes out on COVID-19, like Stafford did at the week just before the weekend, and then all of a sudden he's fine to play. But you don't hear whether he tested positive or negative on the test. Is or are some teams potentially taking advantage of the COVID-19 list? You know, and that's something that I, to be honest with you, you never even considered. But, I mean, if anyone would potentially do that, I I, I could see like Bill Belichick being a guy that would, you know, <laughs> might uh, use this, this COVID-19 list uh, to his advantage. And why not? I mean, if you're preparing for the Lions and you're preparing to play against uh, a backup versus Matthew Stafford, you're having an entirely different game plan on the defense. Um, so that is something that kind of, uh, that I had not thought about. And I, it, it's, it's just so hard because there are so many false positives. Um, so, I mean, someone can test positive and then two tests later, they're no longer testing positive again. So um, I, I hope that teams aren't using this, um, you know, maliciously, but uh, it's, it's very possible that they, they could be. So Matt Stafford didn't even have a test. I think he had been near um, or he'd had like a, a close contact. Um, and that was what made them put him in isolation and then start to go through a test protocol. But it was the team that came out and said he had this close contact. And with close contacts, they have to be away from the facilities for five days. And it just seems funny that, you know, the next game's in five days six, seven days' time. So it, it kind of throws off a defense. So if you're a defensive coach and you're, like you say, you're going after one quarterback and then all of a sudden, oh, hang on, they're getting their starting guy back. It just, yeah. Yeah, that's it's an, it's an entirely different game plan. It'll be interesting to see how Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, he does have the knee injury as well. So he, he's maybe slightly different to Stafford, but it would be interesting to see what happens with them come the weekend. Um, see how that plays out. Um, we will yeah. move on to the games, though. There was a few of them. Um, they started on Thursday night um, with the Packers at the 49ers. Um, wow. Um, so there's really two stories out of this. Rogers pretty much powered through the 49ers, um, an undermanned 49ers at that, you know, they've, we've already spoken about the legacy of injuries that they have. But I'm hearing more and more rumours every day that Jimmy G will leave. I'm now hearing that Jimmy G is going to New England. Oh my gosh. Wouldn't that be something? Talk about full circle. I've been here. Everything that I've been seeing and hearing too, is uh, this is Jimmy G's final, final season in San Francisco. Um, And that, uh, I mean, that would be something if he went back to New England, but they're, everyone seems to think that this is, this is his final season there and he might not even play again this season uh, from what, what I've been reading. So that would be a a crazy full circle sort of uh, timeline. Um, Obviously, well, I mean, this is getting kind of into the Monday night game, but obviously the Cam Newton experiment is not working out in, in new England. So Jimmy G kind of going back there, that kind of does make sense. Uh, Circling back to the game, I mean, it was, it was a dominating game by the Packers. Um, I, I, in my pick em league, I wish I would have picked them to be the NFC uh, winners because I, I uh, skipped on picking them, but that's why I had to left biting my nails on a couple other close, close games, but um, the Packers just dominated. And I mean, the, the, the 49ers made it look interesting at the end with a couple garbage time touchdowns. But um, I think it was, we, we all knew that the 49ers weren't going to have really have a chance with so many injuries on their team. But uh, one one bright spot is is the the emergence of Rick, Richie James um, from in the wide receiver uh, for for 49ers, and he he had a coming out party, and he showed that he has definitely got the the skills to be a top receiver. Uh, 
in this league. So it'll be interesting to see like when everyone does come back out of the, you know, IR and off of the COVID list where they're able to uh, find time for Richie James to get the, get his many receptions or, or get on the field as much as he should be. Yeah. I mean, he, he was the bright spark uh, for me, for the 49ers. He kind of really showed up and, and helped Mullins out a lot. Um, on the Packers side, um, Aaron Rodgers was just his normal dominant self and um, didn't really miss a beat. There, there wasn't a huge running game. Um, Aaron Jones was kind of quiet. Um, it, it wasn't a lot going on there, but Devante Adams had another humongous game. Um, and, and what I see from the numbers is Rodgers is using about three or four different guys. And when defenses have to go after more than one or two, it, it, things start to get stretched and they stretch the, the 49ers right out of the game. Um, so the 49ers go down 34-17. It probably should have been less um, apart from those garbage down, garbage time touchdowns. Uh, now, Katie, you had the Green Bay Packers winning by three. I had them winning by 10. Wow. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll take that one from you. <sighs> Yeah. And, you know, I think that, I think that you're probably going to win this week because uh, we had, we had, I know that I did pretty good in my pick leagues, but um, I think that I over or underestimated a lot of these win margins um, <laughs> between, between uh, some of the games here. And this is just a, a start on, on how it goes. Um, but I do have to say, I know I won this game against you the next game up, which is Denver Broncos and the Atlanta Falcons, because I picked the Falcons to win against my Denver Broncos. And sure enough, the Denver Broncos, I started getting nervous. So at the end, cause I was like, seriously, now you guys are going to come back and try and win the game in the fourth quarter, which is a, a fact of the, the fact the Broncos are a fourth quarter team and that Falcons are terrible in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, I really think that they, they, they had a chance to actually come back and win this game. So you might not have been too far off with your prediction of the Broncos winning this, this game here. Yeah, um, for me, Drew Locke just needs to be more consistent. He comes out one week and he looks really, really good. I mean, not world on fire good, but he looks really good. Uh, This was just a game where he just had parts of the game he played really well and other parts he just really didn't and kind of lost his way a few times. Um, I think for me as well, I think the Falcons are now starting to find their feet after, you know, changing coaches and having a really, really bad start to the season. Uh, they've done really well. The, the Falcons win 34-27. And, and, you know, Matt Ryan seems to be a lot more comfortable um, now. I mean, there was a lot of frustration with them at the beginning of the season. But I think Atlanta got out to a, a kind of quick start and, and they just kind of build on that. And I go back to the, the Broncos. They they seem to think they can win games with field goals because we've seen <laughs> the last three three or four weeks now where if you look through the the quarters, they're, they're scoring three points a quarter because they're just hitting field goals. And, you know, I think that worked one week, but I don't think that's something that can can work every week. Um, yeah. Well, in the... That, that's the thing too, is that um, there's a lot of questions now being asked about Fangio and his, his coaching abilities, because he's not really willing to take risks. Um, talk about a tongue twister, but he's not willing to take risks. And so the, I think that there was a one play where McManus was sent out to originally kick a 58 yard field goal. Then he got talked out of it. Uh, so they then rushed the punt, punt team out and then called a timeout. So everyone thought that they were going to actually kick a field goal and then they kicked a punt. They just ended up punting anyways. And it's like, come on, make up your mind um, and just have, you know, go for it. I, I think he is a very conservative coach, which in some cases can be great, but um, right now we're, the Broncos are, are not winning. Um, so, I mean, why not? Why not just let Brandon McManus see if he can kick a 65 yarder or something, you know, um, and the, there's serious problems with the Broncos running game. Um, they only rushed for a, a total, I think, of 41 yards um, on the day between Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. And that was the whole reason why they brought Melvin Gordon in was so that uh, he could 
we could have that one, two punch with, with Gordon and Lindsay, and it's just not working out right now. So there's some problems to address on the Broncos side, but um, I do appreciate you picking them to win. Even it was, it was very nice of you. Well, I had them slight winners. Uh, <laughs> um, you had taken the, the Falcons by three um, the Falcons. Yeah. The Falcons were pretty dominant from the, from the off and, and never really let them in. Um, another team that started off absolutely out of the gate was the Buffalo Bills. They were on fire from the get-go. Um, they scored 14 points in the first quarter and just, I, would, I hate to say it, but they kind of walked all over the Seahawks. Josh Allen had a great game, 415 yards for three touchdowns. And, you know, they had no running game <laughs> um, to talk of, but Stefan Diggs, suddenly came back to fruition. Uh, John Brown was used, Gabriel Davis, Cole Beasley, uh, even Devin Singletary. Uh, he was using everyone that he could and he was hitting the mark as well. I mean, we seen um, Alan last weekend and he looked totally out of place, didn't know what was happening. His head was in the clouds. This week, he came out as focused as you would expect Russell Wilson to. Why couldn't he do that when I was playing against you? <laughs> Look at the draw, I guess. <laughs> and man, I was so frustrated. I was like, now, now's when Josh Allen decides he wants to, you know, come back and, and be dominant. You were sending me messages. Why is he playing so good this weekend? <laughs> I mean, this is the that was the only week that I could go for bragging rights to be like, haha, look, I'm on the air and I beat you. But now I'm, I don't even know the guy that I won't beat. <laughs> I don't think he picked a team, to be fair. <laughs> I know he didn't. <laughs> but you won, so it's fine. Yeah. Well, and, and this was, it was a crazy game because like you said, the, the Bills came out and they were hot and they, they didn't let off the gas. And that that's the reason that they won. Um, the Seahawks, you know, Russell Wilson was completely ineffective um, the, first, the first quarter and uh, their, their running game. I know that they're missing Chris Carson and, and Carlos Hyde. Um, but I mean, so they're down to their, their backup running backs, but DJ Dallas and Travis Homer, neither one of them were able to get anything going. Uh, so I thought that it was going to be a little bit more uh, of a tighter game. I mean, it, 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 they, the Seahawks only lost by 10. So that's not that much of a blowout, but I mean, it definitely felt like the Seahawks were never really in this game just because of that 14 point lead that the the bills got right out the gate yeah they they led it and they kept going kept going kept going and yeah they they just never let the seahawks in and it's like they, they kind of put their their foot down and just wouldn't let the seahawks pass um we both took the seahawks to win this game um sadly so uh, neither of us had the bills and i, I think that was down to Josh Allen being so poor last weekend. We just didn't think he had it in him to to come out and have this performance uh, against uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, and I think that that too also just goes to show like what kind of quarterback Josh Allen really is. He's he's going to be a really good quarterback in this league, and he's shown tremendous tremendous growth. I think he just had a couple of down weeks. Uh, maybe he just was a bad preparation week so he didn't have his the, the right type of game plan for for those games but it seems like they're just really clicking and all firing on all cylinders right now the bills um and the fact that they came out and so they, they totally exposed the seahawks for the weaknesses that they have uh, within their secondary and it, it they, they they never let off the gas which teams i think uh for, against the seahawks tend to do to some extent but getting those two interceptions off Russell Wilson and um, just continuing to march down the field and score any opportunity that they could, could get uh, is what won the game for the Bills. Yeah, I would uh, definitely say that that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back for the, for the Seahawks. They just struggled to get back into the game. The next, the next team that I was going to talk about was the the Ravens and the Colts and the Ravens were another team that have kind of been struggling um, due to their quarterback play. Uh, like so, he, so there's something going on with him. He he doesn't look comfortable this season. He only had 170 passing yards, um, 58 rushing yards, which is great out of a quarterback. Let's let's be real. Um, but he just doesn't look like the same dominating force that he has in years past. Um, and neither does 
Philip Rivers in, in that regard. Um, I, I, I'm kind of wondering if the Colts regret signing him uh, this season because he's he's not really he hasn't connected with Ty uh, Ty Hilton. I mean, Ty Hilton is one of the was one of the top receivers in the game, and they're just not on the same page. They have got running back uh, run game issues. I, I just kind of feel like the the Colts are five and three, so they only have one more loss than the Ravens, but. Both these teams kind of look lost to me right now. Yeah, Lamar Jackson has been a shadow of his, himself from last season. I mean, he's only, in this game, 170 yards passing, 58-yard rushing. He was the lead rusher uh, as well. And it, it really just looks as little Because at first, I think the first couple of weeks, I said that, you know, he's just not – he doesn't need to play on fifth gear – he can play in third gear and they're still winning games. That's still the case, but it's become more and more noticeable now that his his passing yards are, are dropping. And uh, yeah, he doesn't seem to be that kind of electric star that he was last season. On the other side, Philip Rivers looks like he needs to retire. Um, he got he got put on his derriere um, on more than one occasion. Though on one occasion he, he started flapping his arms around and it was quite comical. Um, uh, yeah, but that that missed that when he was trying to tackle the guy and he tripped over yeah. his own feet. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. If you if, if you have not seen it, Google it. It was it's pretty funny. Um, the funniest part for me was Jacoby Brissett coming in for one snap, um, and then you know that was it. And I thought, oh, you know, Brissett's coming in. You know, we might see something. And yeah, nothing. It was a, a an absolute dive of a, a game I, I really didn't enjoy watching it on red zone uh, we did both take the ravens to win this one uh i had taken the ravens by five you had taken the ravens by six so you win yes, yes. Um, Wait, so, so with the last game with the bills and the seahawks i know i took the seahawks did you take the seahawks too? yeah 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 i take okay. the seahawks so um, no no winners there Um, the Chiefs um, battle on yet again um, and pretty dominant as they have been all season Um, 33-31 it it was probably closer um, than it needed to be Um, but it's one of these games where Mahomes again has put his team on his back and and just powered them over the line at the end. And if you're a Chiefs fan, you've got to think that that investment that they're paying Mahomes is worth every cent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mahomes, they look like they're going to be the next New England Patriots. They, this has dynasty kind of written all over it. It sucks that we're in, the Broncos are in the same division as them. But Patrick Mahomes is definitely something special. And I think that we've talked multiple times about how Russ and Wilson is kind of the front runner for the MVP. I think that there is no denying that Patrick Mahomes is right on his tail. He's, he's just another level. And I, I think that it's, it's really interesting to me um, just how good he is because they, again, we talk about teams that don't have a run game and how much it hurts them to, uh, to, to be missing that run game and they typically end up losing but the Chiefs that ever since they signed Le'Veon Bill Clyde Edwards Hilaire's performance has completely nosedived I mean he's he's doing terrible um with the run with the run game right now I, I think that he only had 14 yards rushing and off of five carries I mean I, I don't know I guess if you're coming out and being that dominating though why run the ball because you have human cheat code Patrick Mahomes um it was great to see Christian McCaffrey back. Uh, I guess he is uh, injured right now with a shoulder injury, but it was great to see him back out on the field because he just, you know, was a little fi- little firecracker out there. So um, this ended uh, up being it, my game of the week. This this was this was an awesome game. Yeah, I have to say that um, McCaffrey looked a lot better um, coming back in and and added something to the Panthers that they've they've been missing. Um, Hilaire. And Bell, I'm starting to wonder if too many cooks spoil the broth with (laughs) those two Um, because, yeah, they just don't seem to have a nice kind of balance between who's going to run the ball, who's 
doing what. I mean, it, it is a bit strange. And then I think it, towards the end of the game, you've got the Patrick Mahomes shifting play, motion play, whatever you want to call it. Um, he's on the, the Carolina front one-yard line, just under four minutes remaining in the first half. And then the Chiefs just lined up in a shotgun and Patrick Mahomes started like shifting to the left even before the snap um, and caught the ball while in motion and then just looped it around to the right and Demarcus Robinson's, you know, laughing all the way to the back. I mean, it was a hell of a play. And then Andy Reid's like, ah, yeah, we, we work on that, you know, just now and again, you know, just to see what it looks like <laughs> and makes it sound like it's absolutely nothing at all. Yeah, the, the Chiefs are are going to be a hard team to beat. I didn't think that this game was going to be so close, um, that, but the Panthers came out and they played really, really well. I think that having Christian McCaffrey back is going to to be a game changer um, for them for the rest of the season. I know that they're below 500, but I don't, if, if he, if, if Christian McCaffrey is able to come back and continue playing, if he's not held out any longer, I think that they could potentially make their way into a wild card position because they're, they're looking like they're connecting. They're looking like they're clicking and they went toe to toe with the chiefs. Yeah, they really did. A few teams have went toe to toe with the chiefs and, and it's been Mahomes that have been, has been the, the dominating factor. Um, we both um, took the Chiefs to win. And like you say, I think we both thought that this would be won quite handedly by the Chiefs. Um, so you had taken them by 17. Uh, I had taken them by 14. Uh, so I'll, I'll, take the, I'll take the win on that one. Darn, man. Well, the next game up that I have is the Texans and the Jaguars. And I think that we might, I don't know if you saw that J.J. Watt is not happy being a Texan anymore. So it sounds like he's going to be traded at the end of the season. Um, But it's too bad that they couldn't make that happen at the trade deadline. So he could have gone on a team that could have really used him. I mean, like I can think of maybe Seattle. Seattle probably would have made a run at him um, because they need some defensive help. But uh, yeah, J.J. Watt was unhappy. He does not like losing. I don't blame him. Um, But they're they're not looking good, the Texans. I mean, they barely beat the Jacksonville Jaguars with a backup quarterback, um, Jake Lutton. Um, <laughs> James Robinson had another stellar game. I mean, almost 100 rushing yards, got in the end zone. I mean, they the, the Jag, Jaguars went toe-to-toe with the Texans, um, which which says something about maybe – how something to be look forward, something to look forward to for the Jaguars and something to kind of be concerned about for the Texans because they, they should have dominated a game like this because they don't have injuries like, uh, like many teams out there do. And they're, they're sitting at two and six. So I think for me, the, the Jags, the problem is, and I think it's about false hope with the Jags. As soon as the Jags get a decent, group of players together that play well together and, and are actually quite good. They sell them all off. Uh, we've seen it um, in this off season. And, you know, I think if you're a Jacksonville fan, not that there's many of them, um, <laughs> you, you kind of get, get disenfranchised with the team. And that's, I think that's got a lot to do with why Jacksonville have quite a poor following compared to other teams, even in Florida. Um, and that's probably why Jacksonville are always the team that play in London each year because they don't need the home game because no one goes and watches them anyway. Um, so they send them over to London every year, sometimes twice. Um, soon it'll be the London Jaguars. I'm sure they'll make that one work. Um, that that yeah, was, was supposed to be the the, uh, the idea of one of the teams, you know, London was supposed to get their own NFL team and it looked like it might be the Jags, but we'll see if that actually transforms. I think what will be interesting now because of COVID, uh, I, I think if there was any chance of that happening, it's probably now an extra two, maybe three years away. I think it will happen eventually. There, at, at some point, there will be a European-based NFL team in London that will basically cover Europe, which is probably fitting to the USA about 5,000 times because Europe's so small. But yeah, I, I can see, because of such a big following and it's a sellout every year, in fact, I think there was one year we had four NFL games in London and it's each one of them sold out within a couple of hours of tickets going on sale. So there's definitely a, 
more of a want in London or in the UK than there is in Jacksonville for, for a team. Um, again, I think that comes down to ownership and, and not keeping hold of players and breaking up decent teams. Um, so we'll have to wait and see how that one plays out. Um, the game finished 27 to 25. Um, I had banked on the Jaguars. Um, you had taken the Texans by six, so you take now. Now, in your defense, I was gonna say, in your defense, did you know that Gardner Minshew was gonna be missing the game when you picked no. the Jaguars? No, I didn't. No, know, I'll give you so. that. I mean, it, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think that not that, again, not that Gardner Minshew is, you know, Drew Brees or anything, but I think that when you are missing your starter um, and, and the backup is is also a, a newer guy, it's the fact that they only lost by two says a lot about um, how bad the Texans are. Yeah. And talking about bad teams, um, <laughs> the Detroit Lions, um, wow. They, I think you said this at the beginning of the season. Detroit just go out of their way to find ways to lose. Um, and, and against the Vikings, uh, the Lions had a bit of a meltdown. And and Delvin Cook for the Vikings just continued his great run of form that he's, he's shown over the last couple of weeks and just went through the Lions like they just weren't there. Well, obviously, we, what we learned from this week um, is that the Vikings are going to be a second-half team this year, they, despite the fact that they, we, they're they now they're showing up as the team that we thought that they were going to be at the beginning of the season. And they're, they're looking pretty unstoppable. They Just like the the, um, the Chiefs and the Packers, they, they came right out, and, and the Bills, they, they came out, and they got a lead, and they never let go of it and it despite them only winning by 14 it it looks like the Lions never even had a shot at this game um Dalvin Cook is playing on another level right now he had over 200 uh rushing yards Kirk Cousins isn't turning the ball over which was his problem at the beginning of the year when he was throwing all those interceptions and you know his receivers are he's spreading the ball around The, the Vikings look like they are clicking and firing on all cylinders. And when you have a running back that's running the way that Dalvin Cook is running, it's going to be hard to beat them. Um, I've said a couple times, I think that Matt Patricia is playing for his job. And I, I think that he's on thin ice. I don't, I don't know if he'll make it through the rest of the season uh, if they keep losing games like this. And I mean, I could see him getting fired as early as December um, just because there's no reason with, with the talent that, the Lions have that they should be be losing all these games. Um, I think that we all thought that they were not going to be, you know, at the top, top of the NFC, but I think that we all thought that they might at least be, make make it in as a wild card. And they're they're kind of struggling just to to win any sort of game right now. And when you're playing against the Vikings, uh, that was a game that if they if they came out strong at the beginning and were able to hold Dalvin Cook in check, I think that they could have won. But um, they just had no answer for the Vikings' offense. Yeah, it was um, of a bloodbath, really. Um, David Cook, 206 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, he's averaging 9.4 yards a carry, which is first downs. I mean, that's just first down after first down after first down. So, mm-hmm. it's yeah, I, I think the, the Lions, I think we, I called the Vikings not to make the playoffs. That's looking a little shaky now. <laughs> Um, but I mean the Lions I just don't think and I think you're right I think Patricia's not going to see December um, if he's if he's lucky and I know also in the, the our Facebook group if you have not joined yet make sure you do you posted a poll as to with all of the teams that you and I have eliminated from the playoffs and the Vikings were one of those teams in there so I'm curious to see what the final results were were for that poll if, if, if people think that the Vikings are going to be able to work their way back into the playoff picture, but the way they're playing right now, I don't see any reason why they, why they shouldn't be um, able to make the playoffs. No, now we both took the Vikings. You're taking them by 10. I took them by three. So yes. when, yes, another game for me, That's, this is a great day, man, this is a great day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, speaking of making the playoffs, um, the, the I have up next the, the Titans and the Bears. And this game, we've talked many times about how the Bears are winning all these games and we're 
a little confused about why they're winning. Are, are they, maybe they are a good team. And I think now they're starting to play some of these. Now the bears are actually starting to play some really good teams and they're, they're hanging in there, but I don't, I just don't see them being uh, a playoff contender. The, the Chicago bears, the, the, the Titans came out and um, they held a held the, the game the entire up until the fourth quarter when they started letting the, the bears walk their way back in. Um, but it's, they got, the bears have running issues. Uh, they'd have to figure things out with their running backs and um, Nick Foles can't, he's not a quarterback that can do it all. So he does need to have some run support. Um, but Derrick Henry was held in check. He only had 68 rushing yards. So that is something that the bears can be excited about. And Ryan Tannehill only had 158 uh, passing yards. So again, the, the bears defense is really good. Um, they just need to have some, a little, a couple more key players step up on their offense to start winning, winning some of these games and, and be competitive with these better teams. Yeah. Um, Nick Foles, 52 attempts, only um, 36 completions. Uh, and on the other side, um, it, it wasn't much better. Um, it, it was a, a very strange game because I actually thought this might be a bit of a game of the week because it was two decent sides going at each other. But it finishes 24 uh, 17 to the Titans. Um, I had taken the Bears. You took the Titans. Um, so you take yet another win. Um, but what I want to talk about now is fumble, 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 fumble. Um, if anyone's seen it, it, it looked as though between the Giants and the Washington football team, no one could catch a ball. Uh, there is one play that's going around YouTube where, yeah, everyone's diving on the ball and somehow no one can actually grab it and it just flies up the field. Um, it is a bizarre, bizarre play. Um it was weird it was a strange game but one thing that we've seen and we've seen it time and time again over the over the season is the Giants are there and they want to win Um, we've talked about the Jets Mm -hmm. and they're on the flip side of that and they don't want to win and it's evident that that's the case Mm -hmm. but I'm wearing a t-shirt today it says maximum effort now I'm not a Giants fan because obviously I'm a Cowboys fan and I am no fan of the Giants. However, I have to give them all credit for going out and at least trying to win games. And I think they've been rewarded here. They, they beat the Washington football team 23-20. to 20. Yes, there was issue with quarterback injuries towards the end. And um, oh, Alex man. Smith that was like uh, a start. Yeah, well, I say that, that injury to Kyle Allen, that was, that was very, again, another quarterback with a gruesome injury um and maybe we could try and get him to come back on the on the show and, and talk to our doctor friend to come yeah. back on and talk about gruesome injuries again but man I I felt so bad I wonder if there is something with the turf because I mean it is the same field that you know Alex Smith had his terrible injury on when he you know broke his leg um Kyle Allen broke his ankle but yeah it was it's too bad because he's he's not gonna be playing at Kyle Allen's not gonna be playing anytime again this season um it's exciting to see Alex Smith back out there granted he had three interceptions but talk about a comeback story I mean if if he is going to be the starter for the rest of the season I he he automatically gets comeback player of the year in in my book and uh it's great it has has been confirmed it has been confirmed that Alex Smith will start this weekend well you can't go back to Haskins after he's absolutely dumped in the toilet yeah no way no way there's no way that he can go. The fact that Haskins is still on the team is surprising to me. I thought he might get traded or released, but um, yeah, it's. I mean, the the Washington football team is is not very very good. Um, but neither are the Giants. But you wouldn't know it from the way that they all go out there and try every week. And I think that that's the reason that they ended up winning the game is even though they're they're missing Saquon Barkley so much. And, uh, but they're all still out there trying. They have not written off their season yet. Uh, they're not going for that number one overall pick like the Jets seem to be. And it's, it's, it's nice watching two teams, you know, just play their hardest, even though that they know they don't really have any shot at the playoffs. Yep. Um, now you took this game uh, for the Giants by four. Uh, the Giants won by three and I took them by three. So I will finally take another win. It's been a while. Um, when we come back, <laughs> we are 
going to cover the Sunday night, oh, Sunday night late games, um, and also Monday night football. Okay, and we are back. Um, so we've got some really exciting young quarterbacks this season. Um, what do you think about Justin Herbert? Yeah, that that's the next game up that I want to talk about is the Chargers playing the Las Vegas Raiders. And man, Justin Herbert, he is something special. I, I think, you know, you and I have been talking about Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow a lot this season and how good he is. But it, Justin Herbert is making a name for himself. He is put, and poor guy, he is just losing some heartbreakers. He lost in Denver two weeks ago on the final play with one second left. And then it came down to the final play again this, this week. He was on the other side of the ball. So he was the one that had to make that play, that pass with one second remaining. They first called it a touchdown video replay reverses it and they end up losing. And he's just been on the wrong end of a lot of close games this year, but what a quarterback to build around. I think that that's one thing too, that none of us really saw how good he was. I know he was at Oregon. And so, but so he's still at a, a division one school in, in a, strong conference but none of us really knew who this Justin Herbert guy was and how good he was going to be and he's he's not making mistakes over 326 yards passing two touchdowns he's looking good and he and this is without his main running back so Austin Eckler is is still out and he's still able to move the ball around and find an open receiver I, I would be excited if I were a Chargers fan, if, if I had Justin Herbert on my team, because even though they're not doing that great this year, what a great player to build around. Um, on the other side of all, I mean, the, 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 the Raiders came out and took total advantage of Joey Bosa being, being out of this game. And uh, it, it ended up being a lot closer than uh, I thought it was going to be. Uh, the Chargers came right back into that in that second quarter and scored 17 points. But Derek Carr didn't make mistakes. Uh, Josh Jacobs, you know, came out and ran the ball. They had some good carries from Devontae Booker. And they their defense came down to that final play uh, and were able to stand strong and uh, knock that ball away to, to hold on to the win. It was It was an exciting game. Yeah, um, I was watching on Red Zone, and um, I'm I'm waiting for for Herbert, and I'm like, come on, let's 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 get this get get this win. Um, one big positive for Herbert actually over over the weekend was no interceptions. Um, he, he threw pretty well. I mean, he, a lot of incompletions, but still 326 yards for two touchdowns. I think most quarterbacks would take that if they could. Um, on a Sunday, so I think I think he did really really well. Um, we both took the Raiders uh, to win this one. Um, I took them by ten. Uh, you took them by two. Um, so you take the win on that one. You, you had right. to think about I, that. You I, were trying. Yeah, I, you I were know. I was trying to do math. math. <laughs> I was trying to do math. I was like, do I celebrate or not? Do I celebrate or not? And uh, just tell me. <laughs> um, and as we talk about young glowing quarterbacks a highlight of this season has been this I would say it's a bit of a changing of the guard I mean you've got Breeze and Brady coming to the end of their careers and then we go on to the Dolphins Cardinals where you have another two young exciting mobile quarterbacks um in Tua and and Murray and they've this this was my game of the weekend um it was an absolutely outstanding game um if you love quarterback play, um, because both of them really were up for this game. Now they did play each other in college. Um, and if I'm right, did Murray, no, did Tua have the better of Murray in that? Um, he did. In the bowl game. So, uh, but it was like these guys had been playing against each other forever. Um, and they, they went at each other and both teams did. And it was just a really, really good game to watch. Um, I think the future is bright, not just with these two quarterbacks, but you add in Herbert, you add in Burrow. Um, there's just a lot of good quarterbacks coming through the, the college uh, system. Um, long may it continue. I mean, we, we're expecting another one coming through this season as well, um, or for next season. 
but he'll be playing for the Jets, so we don't know how that'll work out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but no, I, this was a great game, a great advert for for young quarterbacks. Um, Tua didn't throw an interception this week, second week in a row. Um, he only missed eight completions, um, 248 yards for two touchdowns. I mean, he wasn't, he still wasn't perfect, but he, you can see that he was better than last week. Um, and he was a, a bit more explosive um, in his movement as well. Um, yeah, he ran I'll, the ball a lot, um, yeah. way more than I thought that he'd be running the ball. Um, but it, that was one thing that surprised me during this game was to see, we all know that Kyler Murray will run the ball and he's he's a shifty little guy, but Tua's not afraid to, to get her out and, and start running too. Well, Murray manages to um, pass the ball for 283 yards, three touchdowns. And run the ball 106 yards and a touchdown. Um, he averaged uh, 9.6 yards. Um, as a quarterback, it was pretty spectacular. Um, I think you'd be happy if your running back was doing that. But the fact that your quarterback's doing it and your running back is doing next to nothing um, speaks to his athleticism, if, if nothing else. And we're talking about a guy that had a choice to make before he came to the NFL. He either had football or baseball. I'm a little upset because he didn't pick baseball because he was going to go to the Oakland A's. Um, So I'm a little upset by that. However, um, he's carving out a really, really nice career um, with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, this was, this was a really exciting game to watch. And I, I I'm pretty sure that I picked the Cardinals to win this game because I, I didn't think that Tua was was ready yet. I didn't think that he was uh, NFL ready to be playing against some of these top teams. But prove me wrong, Tua. Holy cow. He, he is, he's playing great. They were right. They were right to sit uh, Fitzpatrick and bring in Tua because he's he's had enough time on the bench watching. And, and it was Tua time. It, he's coming out there and he's looking very, very good and playing against these, these top teams very well. He's not making mistakes. He's making smart football decisions. And um, it's, it, like you said, this is going to be, these are going to be two teams that are going to be exciting to watch for, for a few years to come. Uh, so we did both take the Cardinals. Um, so we both lost, um, sadly. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, it was a hell of a game. Yeah, it was it was a really exciting game to see, and uh, two teams that I think they are going to be good for for a few years to come because of their their strong quarterback play. And uh, the next game that I have to talk about it as far as quarterback play is is actually very surprising with your Dallas Cowboys and their what what are they on now? Is it the fourth stringer or but whatever? man, he, it doesn't matter if he's fourth string, fifth string, or just off the street, this guy came out and he wanted to win a game for the Dallas Cowboys. And he took the Pittsburgh Steelers toe to toe throughout the entire game. Um, I mean, they get, they lost the game in the fourth quarter. It, they had the Steelers, the Steelers were seven and oh, and they took them, the, the Dallas Cowboys took them up until the fourth quarter to lose the game. And it was a way better game than I thought it was going to to be I thought the Steelers were going to come out and win by 40 um but you know Garrett Gilbert said no we're we got this guys and um despite Ezekiel Elliott being a game time decision he came out and put out you know dismal rushing yards but he still came out and played and gave them that second level and um it was it was ended up being a really good game Gilbert worried me occasions on the, in this game um <laughs> he, he, he does look like a guy that's not obviously played a lot of NFL football um and certainly not starting um and, and he, he there was moments where I was like oh where are you going where are you going where are you going but you know what he, he he went out there and you're right he went out there a bit like we've been talking about the Giants the Giants going out there and you know they're going out there to win um Garrett Gilbert I think he thinks he's not the starter if Andy Dalton comes back Andy Dalton's the starter and I think he thought, you know what, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to make a case for myself to be the starter. I'm going to give the head coach a, a bit of a problem here. And I'm going to go out and play really, really well. And he did. He, he only threw one interception. Uh, 243 yards for a touchdown. Uh, Elliot was horrendous yet again. Tony Pollard came in, did a, a fairly decent job. He was averaging six yards compared to Elliot's two, well, 
we'll call it three because it was 2.8. Uh, we'll round it up for him to make it look better. But Elliot just, he, he needs to start earning that contract. That was a big-ass contract that he got, and he <laughs> needs to start earning it. Um, on the flip side, the Steelers, um, Ben Roethlisberger went down, had a bit of a knee injury. He did come back on. Uh, Mason Rudolph took a couple of snaps. You know, when you see Mason Rudolph come in, you're kind of like, especially because the Cowboys' defense had turned up, you were kind of like, oh, maybe we can get something here. But obviously, big bad Ben Roethlisberger came back out in the in the second half, and he, he had a pretty dismal running game um, to kind of back him up. So, and I think that's what's happened. The Steelers have had a decent running game most weeks. It's maybe not been amazing every week, but they've had a decent running game. This is the first week, I think, that they've really not had a running game. And they've really had to rely on Juju, on Claypool, uh, on Washington. And, and they've really had to... Ben has, has really had to make, make the decision where I really need to throw to these guys. So um, mm-hmm. the Pittsburgh Steelers go 8-0, and still unbeaten. Um, I see them being unbeaten for a couple of weeks more uh, just because they look so dominant and... I think championship teams, you would always say, are the teams that, that grind out the wins. And, and that's what they've been doing. They've just been grinding out wins. And this was a good one for them, I think. Yeah, I think it it kind of brought them back down to reality on their record because they almost they almost lost to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and they know that they're a better team that, than that. They can't just be coasting to victories this this, this season. Uh I don't see any reason why Pittsburgh shouldn't be looking at potentially being, you know, only losing two games this year. I mean, looking at the rest of their schedule, they could potentially win out the rest of their games, depending on what team shows up. If it's the same team that showed up this last week, they're going to have some, some more difficulties against those, some of those better teams like the bills and um, Ravens, but there, there's no reason to think that they, they could, potentially go undefeated uh, the rest of the se- this season. So uh, this was this was a way closer game than I thought it was going to be. Um, the game that I thought was going to be the, the game of the week was not close at all. That, that's a, the Saints and the Bucks. <laughs> and that's the next game that I have up to talk about. It was, wow, talk about a stinker. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty horrendous. 38 to 3. Um, everyone was talking the game up, saying it'd be Tom Brady's revenge. And you know what? Drew Brees was it's like almost as if he found a new level. Um, and he was like, uh-uh, you're not getting in here. Um, I've made sure my defense are on you and you're going nowhere. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, holy cow. It was, I, I don't know what happened to the Buccaneers offense and the Buccaneers defense, we were talking about how good that Buccaneers defense was. And they just, all right, Drew Brees, go ahead. So this is a thing, side note, but this is just how frustrating this game was for me. I have Drew Brees and I have the New Orleans Saints. I sat the New Orleans Saints defense and picked up the Falcons defense because I was like, oh man, I don't want to have the Saints defense going out there against Tom Brady. And then I sat Drew Brees and played Tom Brady. Tom Brady got me one point. Yeah, it was a horrible manager week for fantasy for me. But I, okay, he, Tom Brady had Antonio Brown. He has Rob Gronkowski. He has Mike Evans. He has Chris Godwin. I mean, like, he had all the weapons. There was nobody that was injured for him. This was supposed to be, it was supposed to be completely flip-flopped, this score. I mean, I thought that the Saints yeah. would be in it, but not, not just completely get blown out. I mean, this was a, a, a jaw-dropper of a game for me. I I can't, I still can't believe that looking at the stat lines that everyone put up. I mean, Ronald Jones, three carries for nine yards. Tom Brady, 209 yards passing and three interceptions. I mean, are you kidding me? This, this is supposed to be the dream team. And this is the type of game that they put up. Yeah. Antonio Brown was, um, to say that he was missing a step, it looked like he was missing about five steps. Um, I mentioned last week that Antonio Brown is living with Tom Brady. Um, the drive home must have been pretty awkward. <laughs> <I'm> gonna... <laughs> I hope they don't car share. Because, um, yeah, it would have been very quiet, I would imagine. Um, uh, yeah, it, 
it was awkward. And Breeze just, Breeze by name, Breeze by nature, he just breezed on through and like the Buccaneers weren't there. Um, we both took different sides of this. Um, so you took the Buccaneers. Yeah. But you only took them I, by four. You only took them by four. I so you know, did think I, it was going to be close. I know, but this, I mean, like, like I said, I sat <laughs> Drew Breeze for Tom Brady. I mean, like, I had no idea that the Saints were going to be this dominating in this game. I mean, this this just is still a, a jaw dropper to me. And I thought that they were going to end the, you know, the series, uh, you know, tied and go into the playoffs. And this is, that was going to be the tiebreaker for the, for this game, season. I mean, the Saints have the Buccaneers number. This was not close at all. No, it wasn't. And it was a, a real shame. Um, so um, I take the, the, the win on that one. Um, so no joy for you. Um, however, you did take the Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh one. So um, well done for you. Um, the last one um, of the weekend uh, was Monday Night Football. It was New England Patriots traveling to the Jets, the lonesome, lonesome Jets. It was a lot closer than I thought it'd be. Um, although maybe it wasn't because I had the Patriots winning by three. Um, and they won by three. Um, so I'll take that one. But it was not a great game um it was cam newton just it's almost as if it cam newton's trying to make it the cam newton show now and he's trying to but that's show what he's always done he's yeah, always tried to make the cam newton show uh and unfortunately in new england that's not patriot football it's not just one guy it is a team it's a team sport there in new england um and cam newton i i think i think he could be getting benched soon i mean it's it's not looking good for no. for the Patriots. I mean, they're in a really unfamiliar position at three and five. I mean, barely beating the zero and nine Jets. I mean, I mean, barely beating them, and uh, it's they they've got some problems for sure. And um, I mean, Cam Newton's trying to carry the ball. He had ten carries, but he only had sixteen yards. He's not throwing any touchdowns. It's but at the same time, I was I was watching the game and I was saying to to my husband, I was like, you know, I'm I'm watching and I don't know even who any of these receivers are that Newton is trying to throw to. I don't even know any of these names. Like, who are these guys? No wonder he's not doing that good. There's no there's no name receivers for him to try and get the ball to. No, and Edelman's um, out, and uh, they've lost a lot of weapons in, on the Patriots side, and that has been evident certainly on their defense as well. When so many players opted out. Um, due to COVID and you kind of thought, well, not have much of a defense, but at least they're going to have an offense. And it looks as though they've got a, a very limited offense. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I kind of, I kind of feel bad for Cam Newton because he doesn't have a ton of weapons to get the ball to, but at the same time, like he's, he's doesn't look like he's healthy. He's not back to his Cam Newton form. And I think it's, unfortunately, because he has taken so many big hits over the course of his career. I mean, he gets hit harder than, I mean, if, if he took a hit, if Tom Brady took a hit the way that Cam Newton takes some of his hits, guys would be ejected from the game. And I think it's just due to the fact of the way that Cam Newton plays the ball. I mean, if you are going to be a running type of quarterback, you should be expected to get hit. But I think that those hits have taken a toll and it's, it's showing on Cam Newton this year. Uh, the fact that they only beat the Jets by three is, is a cause for concern and they've, they've got to kind of figure something out or, or figure ways to get Cam Newton firing on all cylinders. No, they, they definitely need to do something. So that was the last game of the week. Um, so what we'll do now then is we'll have a look at teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. So we've made some predictions already this season, um, some pretty bold ones um and we will make sure that we get you on these ones have you picked your team for this week i have not oh are you gonna pick one now <laughs> oh gosh uh did i pick the lions uh, you've already picked the lions yeah oh man oh gosh yeah I, i'm i'm completely unprepared for this um i'm gonna and i've already picked the chargers too no, no, you haven't picked the Chargers. Oh, okay. I'm going to pick the Chargers, despite the fact that they're 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 super super uh, quarterback play. I am going to pick the Chargers to miss the playoffs because um, there's they're just they're in these games. They're just like the Bengals. They're in the games. They're they're 
doing a lot of things right, but they're just on the wrong side of, of the, of the, those close games and got to start winning those close games. If you want to make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the team I'm going to pick you, you mentioned the Bengals and, and really for the exact same reason. Um, there's a hell of a lot of talent on that team in the next couple of years. It's just breaking that through. This season is very much a, a building season on the talent that they've managed to get together. Um, so, yeah, I, I've went for the Bengals. So we're taking the Bengals and the Chargers not to make the playoffs. Um, it's, it's been a pretty good weekend of football. Um, certainly been some entertainment. Um, the Eagles, Rams, Browns and Bengals were all on by. So we'll see them all again in week 10. Um, in terms of... Um, football, pretty, pretty good weekend for you? Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, I mean, like I said at the beginning, it, there was a lot of games that I thought were going to be, you know, really exciting, <clears throat> Saints and Bucks, and other games that I would kind of had written off, like the Steelers and Cowboys, and those games ended up being great, and games that I thought were going to be great kind of ended up being dead. So uh, always reasons to tune in. So you, you guessed the win lines right for for week nine. So you win seven to five. Got it. Yes. Um, so I think we're tying again. So we'll just have to wait and see how that one works out. For week 10, I'm going to have to do some number crunching. Um, have you got anything to plug this week? Uh, yeah. So I just, uh, the latest episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing, my podcast just came out. And this week's episode is, Awesome, awesome. And it's all about how to craft. Well, my guest is actually um, someone who was the VP of sales and marketing, and she left her, you know, high profile job to become a freelance writer. And um, she kind of talks about how scary it was to, to take that jump because it, it is hard leaving the corporate world um, to go and start and do your own thing. Um, and then just she talks about her path doing that and then how uh, great it was to work with all these small businesses and help them find their story and find what makes them different. And that is one of the most important parts of marketing and, and social media is uh, the story behind your business. So this is a great, this episode this week is, is a great one. Um, Rocky Mountain Marketing is the name of the podcast. And then always follow me on social media uh, on Instagram, next.step.social and on Twitter, underscore Katie Brinkley. Awesome. Uh, the only plug I have is uh, the podcast I did at the weekend uh, with Culture Nerds. Um, I'll have a listen to that. It was, it was a pretty good podcast to be on. Um, I think they may even have me back um, if there's any sports stories that they want to cover. Um, but no, have a listen to them. Um, other than that, Katie, thanks so much for joining us for week nine. Um, and we will have you back for week 10. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much to Katie again for taking us through week nine. Um, it was a great week of end of football, a lot of surprises, a lot of fumbles. Um, the week 10 preview will be coming up later on this week. We will have a very special guest. Katie, as I said, doesn't know who it is, uh, but it is a very special guest that we both know. Um, that is all I will say for the moment. Um, have a great week, midweek, um, and we will catch you for the week 10 preview. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.